All right, guys, y'all show some love to the sponsors of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. Our friend Keely Brown runs her family-owned HVAC Home and Commercial Services. Is your system ready for the summer? Schedule a system checkup or reprogram your thermostat. They offer residential and commercial, at home or at work. They really do what they say, and they say what they do. Our family serving your family has been their core value since day one. Their founder and owner, Mr. Robert Holland, made sure the foundation of Home and Commercial Services was and is integrity. Now, remember, Haley, we, we catered an event last December where he was a part of the group that we were feeding. But it was interesting to learn that when he was a young man, when he first started in the HVAC business, Mr. Holland actually got in trouble with, for not adding new parts that the people didn't need. And they were like, why didn't you sell the parts? And he was like, because I could fix them. And they were like, no, no, you're... you're you're doing it wrong. Like you just got to put new parts. And he was like, but they didn't need new parts. And it bugged him so much that he went out and started his own business. And that's the foundation of home and commercial services. And we can attest to that personally. I mean, they've done so much stuff for us. It's crazy. I love that story. And I think it speaks to obviously his integrity and what he's built his business on that integrity. Right now, the most economical service they offer is their annual residential service agreement. For $150, you'll get two annual checkups, and that's for one system. If if it's an additional system, it's 25% off. Anyways, the annual contract includes priority service, normal rates for after-hour service, 10% discount on any repairs, and a 5% discount on any new installations. It's a good deal especially with the heat of the summer coming. Home and Commercial Services works on all name brands of heating and air conditioning units, gas furnaces, heat pumps, walk-in coolers, and smart thermostats. No job is too big or too small. Call or text Keely at 205-798-0635. Or you can email at office at Holland hcs.com you can look up holland home and commercial services on instagram for daily tips and more or you can check out their website hollandhcs.com we have some amazing friends and supporters of the podcast Lynn and Debbie Hurst, who own Hurst Towing and Recovery in Fultondale and Hayden, Alabama. They serve the Jefferson, Blunt, and surrounding counties. They tow light and heavy-duty vehicles, and they're always there to help. We wouldn't call anybody else. We would never call anybody else, and that's a fact. Would you like to work for an amazing company that treats their employees like family? The Hearst are hiring. Full and part-time positions. Give them a call today. Hearst Towing is there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They've been in our area since January of 1987. They have a heart to serve and they love making an impact in the communities they grew up in. The Hearst definitely make a difference in our world. And they have definitely made a difference in our lives. Dispatchers are always ready to receive calls at 205-631-8697. That is 205-631-TOWS, T-O-W-S. <laughs> you, get, you get me every time I, with the toes. <laughs> <laughs> or check out their website at hearsttowing.com. Now, y'all know James from the podcast, but he also is an amazing cook and private chef. I can attest to that personally. I've had many years of experience in food, just working in, managing, and even owning a couple restaurants. One of his greatest passions is preparing delicious food. You know, if somebody's going through something or through a hard time and you don't know what to do, you can always cook for them. Or you can always call me and I'll cook for them. It's, it really, it's a it's a great way to love people. That journey started early in his beloved granny's kitchen. She was the one that, you know, was always cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She was a Southern belle. She made everything taste good, and I didn't always, sorry, Mom, get that at home. <laughs> but uh, granny taught me how to cook, and 
I've never looked back from that. James is a Fox 6 Good Day Alabama monthly contributor. It's one of the honors of my life. I love cooking on TV. I love hearing the feedback. I love going in there and having people email me and ask questions. It's just, it's fun. And his peanut butter cobbler recipe was featured on the Food Network show Carnival Eats. That was kind of a big deal. I mean, it was... uh, I don't like I got paid for it, but it was a lot of exposure and it was really fun. Head over to ChefJamesKJones.com to join our email list. Once you do that, you can stay updated on everything that we're doing. CrossFit Mophobia is owned and operated by Hayden Setzer. Hayden has a degree in exercise science and wellness with a minor in coaching. She is CrossFit Level 2 certified and Precision Nutrition Certified. CrossFit Mophobia is located at 222 Decatur Highway in Gardendale, Alabama. Email CrossFitMophobiaInfo at gmail.com or call or text 256-303-1873. Or you can look up everything she does on Facebook and Instagram. CrossFit Mophobia. Hey guys, Team Jones here. We just want to give you a few little updates on us. Just wanted to remind you guys to check out James's YouTube channel. It is up and running with some of your favorite recipes. Definitely go check it out. I think you will find some things that you can enjoy. Click that subscribe button and hit the little bell so you never hit miss a recipe. Season 5 of the Straight Out of Prison podcast is coming soon. Hang tight. I personally am loving taking on more one-to-one clients. If you're interested in a life coach, if you want to move the ball forward, get some ideas out of your mind, get some movement going, please reach out, DM me. It has been my joy to watch my wife blossom doing her coaching thing that she's doing now. We started off just doing business coaching, but it's kind of morphed into like more and more one-to-one individual people that just need somebody to help them move the ball forward and see things from a different perspective. Of course, you know, I'm going to say that my wife is amazing, but she also gives very good advice and she's just has a gift to be able to see things from a different perspective and ask questions that get you started in the right direction. Also, if you're interested in advertising with us, head over to teamjones.co and click the join forces button. We'll get in touch and consider whether or not it's a good fit. Schedule us for your podcast or to be considered as a guest on our platforms, contact us by heading over to teamjones.co and click the join forces button. For exclusive content, download the Patreon app and look up Team Jones Media. You'll find many levels of subscriptions, but all levels have one feature. You'll get early access to all our podcast platforms, and they are completely free from ads. The Straight Out of Prison podcast, the For Real Real, and Narrowing the Gap. Thank you guys for your support, and thank you for being a part of our story. Thanks for tuning in to the Straight Out of Prison podcast. My name is James K. Jones, and this is my story. And this is Haley Jones, and this is his story that is now a part of my story. All right, so we're married. We've redesigned our business. We've moved, started a new church. And now in the last episode, you told we me... We started going to a new church. We didn't yeah. start a new church. <laughs> Did I say we started a new church? Yeah, started a new church. We started going to a new church. Yes. So everything was brand new and good. Mm-hmm. And in the last episode, we talked about you telling me that I'm going to be a daddy. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> and I actually said at the end, I would come back and tell everybody how I mean you are when you're pregnant. 
I'm not that mean. <laughs> you weren't mean at all. I, oh, I wasn't? Okay. It was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. I mean, uh, really, you were not... Um, when you were pregnant with Lula, it was actually pleasant. It wasn't... Uh, I can't think of any negatives. Well, I didn't have any, you know, crazy... I don't know, weird things. I know a lot of people, just everybody's different, but yeah. my pregnancy was pretty good and it was all very exciting. So I'm very thankful for that. And then when you were trying to get pregnant, you had put an app on your phone about ovulation times or something. Oh, yeah. Driving me insane. So I got you to delete the app because we were, you know, the app ain't control. <laughs> <laughs> but then you re downloaded the app and you showed me a neat feature they had on it was that it tracked. So I think was it every night we looked at it? Yes. Or a couple times a week? Well I looked at it all the time. But yeah, you and I looked at it together. Well we do like we're getting ready for bed. Yeah. You would say your baby is the size of a soybean. Yes, yes. You know, it kept getting bigger until she was the size of a pineapple. That's like, crazy. She was celery one time, just like <laughs> stuff. Yeah. But it was so fun. I was convinced that she could hear me if I talked to her. Yeah. You remember that? Mm-hmm. So I would talk to her and pray for her every night and read the Bible to her. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Oh, to be newlyweds and pregnant <laughs> with your first child. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I did any of that when you were pregnant with the boys, but it's just, it's so exciting. Like, it is. It starting is Starting a new life, a new chapter, a new everything. It's just humorous when you look back, you know, and you think how simple and naive, yeah. I mean, and beautiful, yes, but, yeah. you know... It's good to remember that because sometimes I can get kind of cynical and like, oh, you people. Like this. <laughs> Just you get ready, okay? <laughs> you don't even know yeah. what's coming. But uh, it was a good time. But at the same time, we had redesigned uh, Kairos and... We were doing just catering. It was basically just me and you working there. Yeah. Unless I needed somebody, then I would like contract out help. But that had its uh, challenges. I mean, it was good. It was better. I wasn't chained down all the time, but I was doing all the physical work, all the, really everything. You were doing the office stuff, but it Mm -hmm. was... uh, it was a hard, hard summer as far as work went. Did you have Brandon helping at that time? I can't remember. He helped some. Um, on and off, he had another job. But, uh, you know, Brandon's like family. He's always going to be there when I need him. Right. But we had set up for when I needed to take off for you to have Lula. Uh-huh. That he was going to come in and just run everything yeah. during that time. But it was, uh, it was a neat time. I mean... We had a lot of stuff going on. I wrote a cookbook during that time. Yes. But you did that in 30 days. Remember you took a challenge that you're like, I'm going to... It was a 30-day challenge from John Acuff where he gave yeah. you... The thing was you can't see the challenges that he was going to email it to you every day. And I wanted to publish something. And I felt like food was my thing. Right. And so I took the 30-day challenge and published a cookbook by the end of the 30 days. Uh-huh. Um, just shameless plug is still out there on Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes. From the Delicious Goodness Files Collars by James K. Jones. Uh-huh. But that remains really my only thing I've ever published, I think. Yeah. I mean, besides stuff like this. More's coming. But it is. But it was all my cobbler recipes. Right. Which were probably the most requested ones. Right. And then sometime during that time, we got a call from the Food Network that we were going to be part of the Magnolia Festival in Gardendale, Alabama. And they have a show called Carnival Eats. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And they wanted to feature my peanut butter cobbler. That was very exciting, actually. It was exciting and scary and exciting and scary all at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you want to talk about that or get to that later? We can, and we can get to that later. I mean, that was 
But let's get to that towards the end of this episode because that was right. That was like two days before Lula was born. Yeah. So was. you were pregnant. Um, we picked out the name. Mm-hmm. My mom didn't like the name. Your mom liked the name. There was a lot of confusion over the name. There was I, no confusion <laughs> on their part. <laughs> no You're confusion right. on mom's part either. My mom's part. There mean. was no confusion on my part. <laughs> but I, if you missed last episode, we picked out Lula May was Haley's great grandmother's name. It and was Lula, yeah. May was for both my grandmother's middle names were May. But there's a distant great great aunt named Lula May. That my mom grew up with that she didn't like, and they were convinced I named my child after Aunt May. Well, even after we told her, it yeah. was hilarious because it, she was just kept bringing up, like, <laughs> I just can't believe it. We did that like, last are you week. you not listening? Yeah. <laughs> let's not, not rehash okay, that. We so. did that in the last episode. But uh, during that time, everything was a first for us because we only dated for five months. You know, early in our marriage, you had your first birthday, I had my first birthday. But then we had our first Fourth of July. We mm. had our first Labor Day. We had our first Thanksgiving, and not our first Christmas, but as a married couple, our first Christmas. Yeah. So, do you remember any of those times? Okay, so here's what I remember. I believe, at least for me and us, our experience, and I think that this is probably true on some level for everyone, no matter how you slice it, it is hard <laughs> when you get married and have to... Like, figure out holidays. Yeah. And I feel like for us, it was relatively simple because, you know, there's no divorce. It was just my mom. My dad's passed away. Yeah. So we have only, like, we go one place. That's it. Yeah. And then, like, your family. But what I'm talking about is the siblings and their spouses uh-huh. and that whole dynamic, which sometimes can what be What happened with that? I don't remember. Rough. I don't remember that. Well, okay. So I think it's just, there was nothing per se like big drama. Yeah. But I think just the figuring out, I don't know, just like understanding the d- dynamics. I mean, there was some... Well, pause for a second because when I asked, when I went to ask your mom that I was going to ask you to marry me... There was a flutter among your siblings about what are y'all going to do about holidays? And so I said, I'm going to do whatever Haley wants to do because, you know, my grandmother's gone on both sides. I don't really spend holidays with a lot of my family. But if we do it here, my mom's got to be able to come here with me. Right, which, I mean, that was a given to me, of course. So it was easy to say, you know, we're just going to do holidays with your family. But then, you know, mom, you come with us. Right. Kind of deal. So Thanksgiving was easy, I thought. So what did you do at Thanksgiving before we got married? I would... It's uh, making me think of that. <laughs> well, the Thanksgiving before we were married, my granny was still alive. It was her last Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Okay. So I always did Thanksgiving with either them or my Phoenix City family. Uh-huh. But after my mom left down there in the beginning of 2013, I told my cousin Lisa... I don't know if I ever come back to Phoenix City. I know. I remember that. I remember you would go to Phoenix City every Christmas, but that last yeah. one you said it was That's my last time. one. I'm done with that. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like I was divorcing my family. It's just like, we're adults now. It's time to move on. Yeah. And the people that mattered that held us together like that were not there anymore. And I think that's normal in any family, like when your mom passed away. Yeah. It just, it changes the dynamic and your immediate family becomes more of your family. Right. That's what you do. Well, it is your family. So, but I'm paring down, I guess I'm more talking about the nitty gritty details of, and I think it was still sensitive with my mom about who cooks what, who brings what, who contributes what, how is all this going to work? There was a lot of that. And um, the back and forth, which I, I don't have a lot of patience for. I remember the first Thanksgiving being very easy and laid back and fun. 
Yeah, see, you know my memory. It's not that good. Well, you were you were How'd at the <laughs> you were at the stage where you were just so fine, but you had a baby. Bump. I did. I was a cute pregnant. You know, you're like before you get crazy pregnant, like yeah. you're so uncomfortable, or you just look fat. People don't know if you're just fat or pregnant. <laughs> and there's somewhere in between there that's like the sweet spot that yeah. like you look pregnant. Well, you, you had feel the, cute. You, you had the good. definite baby bump, and I was wearing my tight dresses, doing your thing, and it I was, was like, great. <laughs> My wife's got my baby all up in there. My baby mama. <laughs> but uh, the Thanksgiving was fun. I just remember thinking how normal your family was. Mm. Like there was no fighting and carrying on. <laughs> and, you know, just to be clear for my dad's side of the family, we didn't have that either. But my mom's side of the family was always something. See, I do wish, because we have actually never spent a holiday with your mom's side of the family. And, we, and you talk about it all the time, how it was all these like <laughs> fights and this and that. I would love to just see what you're talking about at some point. Cause I, it was, uh, <laughs> I don't think it would affect me the way it would affect you. So I think it, it would depended be on who was arguing with who and who came, who didn't. Cause there was always on that side of the family, there was somebody who's going to boycott because they were mad about something. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a child just feeling hurt by that. Not so much because my aunt so-and-so wasn't there. It was because my cousins. I couldn't see my cousins. Oh. And I made up my mind as a child, when I become an adult, I'm not going to be doing all this. Yeah. And I to my credit, I guess. To I your never, credit. <laughs> I never did. When yeah. they would, you know, that last Christmas I was down there, my Aunt Patsy was on the outs with everybody, so they didn't participate. But I was like, well, then I'm just going to go see Aunt Patsy. And I spent time with her. I spent time with everybody. But it's just, it's a dysfunction. But I think on that side of my family, their dysfunction comes from being hurt and wounded so deeply because there was five of those kids that their parents just left and left them to die. You mean like your mom and Aunt Patsy and her siblings? Yeah. yeah. In an apartment, just just left. Her, their mom, well, the dad was already gone somewhere, but then the mom just left. Mm-hmm. And I think they were four days in an apartment by themselves with the five-year-old trying to go around and ask people for money to buy them food. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it, the story, you know, it turned out good. You know, their grandparents rescued them and raised them and, you know, sacrificed but it's still abandonment on that level causes, I think, just harm. Yeah. And you can, like my mom always said, it doesn't bother me. It's like, oh, it bothers you. You can't admit that it bothers you, but it bothers you. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I think this is true for your family. And honestly, most people. Yeah. Is that, the, you know, those things when you just, you don't deal with them, you don't want to talk about them, you don't deal with them. Oh, they just And then it manifests in what you're talking yeah. about. I mean, it was the same in my dad's family, I think, things that went on, which is why, you know, in his childhood, yeah. drama and stuff, alcoholism, et cetera. But that's why I think Verbal in abuse. his family, yeah, he was just like, oh, no. We're going to be dealing with all the things, talking about all the things. And even if it's not pretty, we're all going to hash all things out. But he even did that with y'all as adults, I heard. Oh, yeah, for sure. That if there was something going on, I remember my sister-in-law, Hopi's wife, Val, she said there was some kind of thing going on. He made us all sit down at the table before we could eat and hash it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I think that's good. Yeah. I personally, I think that's good. But in... My family growing up, they didn't do any of that. They just got in a big argument and somebody's mad at somebody and it would uh, sometimes last for years. Right, which is so sad. It is. But moving on from that, yes, um, we didn't have any of that. And I was just so thankful that your family was so normal. 
And I had nieces and nephews and, yeah. you know, my mom was able to spend the holiday with us. And and it was a little sad for me missing my dad still. Yeah. Because my dad passed away the previous... That would have been your second Thanksgiving. The second, but the first one we went to Texas. Yeah. And we're on this ranch and it was, you know, because it was a totally different environment. Yeah. It was very kind of a great distraction. So this is the first time at home. Mm-hmm. And so I rem- remember my mom noting, like, it's so fun. I'm so thankful to have like you're married and have a baby because it just brings <laughs> joy, especially for my mom, yeah. who I think was still very much missing my dad. Absolutely she was. So um so anyway, that um yeah that was good. We'll be right back. Head over to our YouTube channel for recipes, podcasts, and now we're even live streaming stuff to give you guys real glimpses into our daily lives. Yikes. You'll also be able to see the podcast behind the scenes and unedited live streams. We've added the first five seasons of the Straight Out of Prison podcast, and even if you've listened to all of them, check out the video format to see pictures, behind the scenes, and a whole lot more. And while you're there, please hit the subscribe button. It won't cost you anything, but it does help us reach our goals to reach a larger audience. Look up Chef James K. Jones on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a recipe or a podcast. For exclusive content, download the Patreon app and look up Team Jones Media. You'll find many levels of subscriptions, but all levels have one feature. You'll get early access to all of our podcast platforms and they're completely free from ads. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all your support, all your encouragement, and thank you for being a part of our story. That was good, but then the first Christmas we had together was not as good. We just fought like cats and dogs. It was because we lived in a very small house and we were putting up the Christmas tree and you decided, you said, let's don't take up any of the space in this little house. Let's put the Christmas tree on the porch. And I was like, on the porch? (laughs) (laughs) But I said, yes, you know, I'm newly married, so doing what you tell me to do. (laughs) Somewhat anyways. We just had very different ideas in general about Christmas decorations. Yeah, and I didn't think it was going to be that hard. I remember this. Like, the things you wanted to put out, I was like, (laughs) what is that? That doesn't even... That looks like it's from 1984. And then your response was, It was. It is from. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, We need a new day, a new dawn. And I remember, even like as far as colored lights on the house, I thought was so tacky. And you were like, Well, I don't even think white lights. Why even do it if they're just white? I mean, I just remember us fighting over every. Detail of those decorating. I think it was our first big fight. I actually have a clear memory of walking down the side of the house after we had been fighting (laughs) about all things, Christmas decorations, and then some, and thinking, this is not what the Hallmark movie portrays as my first Christmas, Mary. Actually, you say that, but I was thinking the exact same thing. I Why was is just this like, so this hard? is horrible. This is not fun at all. No. I'm not enjoying this. I'm not feeling bliss. <laughs> I'm <Blizz>. pregnant. <laughs> and why can't he just do defer? what you say? Yeah. 
Exactly. That's what you want. Defer. Of course, it's what I want. Uh-huh. I admit that all day long. <laughs> yes, for sure. I wanted you to. I can do that on some stuff, but I'm like, I felt like honestly, our first year of marriage, whatever I did the first time was going to set a precedent. <laughs> so I wanted to make you were sure. digging your heels in to make yeah. sure you weren't going to get run over, and that. It's true. Well, that's, that's kind of the story of my life, especially yeah. with women. Like, I've always, like, going to make sure. Hashtag bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's how, it's part of how I was raised. When you say that, though, that resonates because I do think you, you've softened on that as the years have progressed. I well, think I've just, also been through a lot of therapy and counseling. <laughs> yes, but also just realizing, like, this is a different relationship than any. Yeah relationship with any woman you've ever had in your life. I mean, like, feel like mom, grandma, all the yeah. people that try to control you, quote unquote. <laughs> oh, my mom has always tried to control me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Still trying to control anyway. me. Anyway. <laughs> well, dot, dot, dot. Let's leave that open for another podcast. Uh, anyway, so it was hard. I mean, it was good, but it was hard too. I think after that, we got through it and we ended up having a good Christmas. Yeah. Um, there was also some football stuff going on at that time. Um, your family was big Florida State fans, mm-hmm. and you know Florida State had been on top way, way back yonder. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's been a minute. For and this sure. was fresh in the middle of the reign of Nick Saban, and so we were working on like five national championships. And I remember we watched the game, the Auburn Alabama game over there, at your parents' house, and I loved your mom because she was like. A football fan, she could say "roll tide" and all things, but I remember Hobie coming to me very serious because there was too much chatter going on downstairs. I went up to your dad's office to watch the Auburn Alabama game, and he said, "I'm just afraid. I know you're a little superstitious. I'm superstitious too." He said, "I'm just concerned that if Alabama were to lose today, that you would never watch another football game over here with us." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, and you're being silly. I just want to watch the game." And, uh, of course, that was the end of the streak for Nick Saban. They lost that <laughs> night. <laughs> Hope he was right. But uh, I'm not that superstitious. But no. uh, it was uh, there was that, and then Florida State ended up going to the national championship because of Jameis Winston and that whole controversy. I don't even remember all that. No, it was just a lot of back, mostly between me and Hobie about the Jameis Winston and the uh, You were way more into football back then in general. I was. Well, once once I had kids, I was like, I ain't got time for it. I mean, I still love football. Yeah, life has distracted. Yeah, but... But, I, I mean, I love football too, but... You definitely are not as like diehard. I need to watch this game and not talk. No one talk to me <laughs> while I focus. Well, I was single when we got yeah. married, so right. I was. That was what I did on Saturday. It was your outlet. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it. And um, but that was just another one of those little. You know, we got a Florida State family, and now I'm an Alabama fan. Yeah. So uh, they had this thing. If you're not from the South, you wouldn't recognize it. But there are these tags that people put on their car or have like an Auburn thing on one side, Alabama on the other, or two opposing teams, and it'll say house divided. And I remember somebody... I'm sure people know about that. Yeah, somebody yeah. said something about us doing that, and I was like, we're not going to be a house divided. We just won't do anything. <laughs> and your brother went and got some t-shirts made for us, and it was the Alabama A with the Florida State... Um, What's spear. spear going through it, and it said House United. I love that. that, was, that was, I still have that T-shirt. That Thank you, Hobie. Sweet, that was yeah. very neat. But uh, I don't know. Your family just went out of their way to embrace me and include me, especially your mom. She treated me like I was 
Um, just part of the family. Son from another mother. <laughs> yeah, that was neat. And I remember, I think it was about six months after we were married, she told me a story that Emmy, uh, Abby's daughter, Abby and Sean's daughter, uh-huh. she was like, what, preschool, kindergarten? She wasn't very old. Ooh, yeah, I don't remember. Four or five. Somewhere around there. But she said, we're going, she was with me, we're going somewhere having a girl date, just me and Emmy. And Emmy said, it's like Uncle James. And she said, what do you mean? She said, just a little while ago, we didn't even know him. And now he's here, and we love him, and he's our family. He's our Uncle James. So I don't know. It's just very healthy, very uh, – I never felt like I had to prove myself. I never felt uh, never felt like an outsider. I love that. That's a compliment. It is to your family. Yeah, it is it a really huge is. compliment. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I can say that on my dad's, my uncle Ennis and Denise and all them, mm-hmm. it was the same with you. They treated you mm-hmm. the same. So. It was all For good, sure. yeah. But, but I think the hardest part of that first year being married was what we were dealing with with Kairos because it was just so exhausting. And then we were trying to make ends meet, trying to get out of the hole, trying, trying, trying. And I was working all the time. And then um, <laughs> you had me doing the B and I thing, <laughs> and we came up with an idea to do these Christmas because people were mourning that they couldn't come to Kairos to do their special thing. So I came up with a thing where we did these Christmas boxes that had ready to pop in the oven food. Yeah. And we ended up selling like 200 of them and they all had to be delivered on the same day. Yeah. And the morning of that, you got sick. I was sick as a dog. You were throwing up and vomiting. Like it was bad, but you were determined that you were going to help me. (laughs) And I remember I had to call your mom and say, I need you to come and get my wife and take her home. (laughs) Because she's sick and she can't be here and she can't work. We had Dina Murner working for us at the time. That's what I forgot. And Dina. she was helping and she recruited her daughter to and come her son. help. And her son. That's right. It was three of them. Yes. Yeah, they saved my life that day. They were amazing. A gift yes, that day. Absolutely. I mean, because when I called her, I think, and I was like, listen, I'm sick, but I'm still coming. <laughs> you she were, was like, no, you, you were don't, determined. You don't. Maybe you shouldn't like, and I was like, no, I'm coming, but I'm just letting you know. And she's like, let me call my daughter and son. And they, they were amazing. What was so neat about that was I was so backed up and so behind trying to get it done because these were like, we had to put them in the boxes, wrap them in gift wrap, bow them up. These were all your ideas, by the way. It's always um, my idea. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good, it was a good idea. It was neat. People loved it. I don't, I, honestly, you say it was my idea, and I know that was, but yeah. you know how I am. I'm like, now, what was the idea again? What were in those boxes? I really don't remember. So it was like, uh, you could customize them so they're all different. So it was like a panzini, a pan of chicken and dressing, a salad, chocolate crackle, cobbler, there were breakfast casseroles. It was like whatever you wanted. Yeah. And most people... Build a box. Yeah. <laughs> most people didn't order them for themselves. They ordered them for somebody else. Gifts, yeah. Because we were doing free delivery yeah. in the Birmingham area. So it was... Uh, we didn't charge enough. <laughs> no. It was a very lot. It yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> it was a... Uh, it was a lot. That cracks me. <laughs> I feel like. Oh, and not just that. Then through the B and I thing with all the ideas people were coming up with. <laughs> yeah. We put out there that we were going to donate one box to a nonprofit for every 10 boxes that we got. Oh, yes. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> so I ended up having to donate like 15 boxes. <laughs> yeah. And then trying to give them to these nonprofits. And people were like, well, we can take two. I mean, we went to the Dream Center. We went to Salvation Army. And I just couldn't get any. Like, you got to take them. I've already said we're doing it. Right. And I didn't take your picture of you taking it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that was a lot. I was glad when that was over with. Yeah. 
But uh, (laughs) it was, uh, I think the next part of that was we were just working ourselves to death. Yeah. And it was just so hard. I remember the first week after the new year in 2014, I just waking up one morning and said, I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. I remember that. I'm not doing it anymore. I don't, I'm going to go to Lowe's or go down to Costco or I can go to a restaurant. I'm going to get a job and we're going to move on from this. How many times have we done that, honestly? (sighs) During that season, quite a bit. I remember that was, yeah. But it it was, uh, and if it hadn't been for Brandon, I don't know what I would have did during that time. Yeah. Because he didn't work with me all the time, but he was always there when I needed him. Yes. Yes. And that's Brandon, good old faithful. Yeah. But, uh, Okay, so spring is coming. But there were good times during that season. I mean, we were still, we were in our first year of marriage. And probably the hallmark, the greatest times we had during that first year was we had joined a new church, Church of the Highlands, Mm -hmm. uh, Fultondale campus. And that was really just like opened up so many relationships to us that we still have to this day, Mm -hmm. even. They do a thing called small groups, or they still do. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Well, I think that was good because it allowed us to meet people and connect with people that were new to both of us. Yeah. Because we didn't know many people. Right. Well, yeah. And, you know, we didn't even know each other long. So, like, to create our own life, essentially, like friends and circles and whatever. I mean, I didn't think of it like that at the time. But when I look back, I can, you know. Well, we were just doing. doing what they told us to do. I remember Pastor Chris said, take a challenge give me a year of your life and do everything we do. And he said, at the end of the year, if your life is not amazingly better, then I'll leave here and go to another church with you. Right. So I had already done that before we got married. Yeah. <laughs> I'd already done the year and yeah. it was amazing. But then it was it was definitely like a restart. It felt like I was doing it all over again after we got married because it was a totally different campus, totally yeah. different people, totally different life situation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was really... It was neat. So we went all in, I guess. We did, immediately. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do everything they said, because I remember we went through the first thing when we joined the church when they did the personality test things. He told me I needed to be on the setup team. He oh, said, yeah. oh, you're craftsmanship. You need to be on the setup team. I said, what's that? Well, it's, and you're task-oriented. You're not people-oriented. That's why he said that. I do get why he said it. Yeah, but I said, what does that mean? He said, you come in at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. on Saturday, you set up. And I was like, no, count me out. I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing all that. I'll do something else. I'm not doing that. But uh, but I was exhausted with Kairos. I was just completely burnt out, utterly exhausted in every day. Because really, I didn't have help anymore. Now I'm doing everything. And right. it was uh, it was a lot, but I, I mean, I was willing to do whatever I needed to do. But at the same time, we were meeting people in our community, and it's almost started to start like our life started looking like one of those storybook things you'd see from the old days, like where you live in one town, you have a church and a community and family people all around you. That's true. And it I was didn't think of it that way, but it was very like Mayberry esque, and I really uh. I don't know. It was neat. Like, this is good. And I remember the church that I'd went to before, they did a thing called cell groups, which were like small groups. Uh But they were determined on where you live. Like, Mm -hmm. so if you live next to somebody that you didn't like, then you had to go to a small group with them anyways. And that was one thing that was refreshing about Hans for me was that you choose your own groups. Yeah. And they had groups centered around cooking or new marriage, uh, Mm -hmm. kids, all the things. And um, do you remember how we met our first small group people? 
Yes, it was like they, so they have this, they didn't, they don't do this anymore, but they had this rally day or they called, I think they called it a rally day. Yeah. But anyway, it was before the small group semester start. So they do small groups in semesters, mm-hmm. fall, spring, summer, anyone that was a And that was also refreshing to me because I wouldn't have to do it forever. Right. Like I could see the end. <laughs> so fall's 13 weeks, spring's 13 weeks and summer six weeks. Yeah. And so before it started, they would put. They like, and they also had it in what they call hubs. So marriage, uh, marriage and family, women, men, whatever, different Outreaches, categories. Yeah. And so they would have this rally day where they would promote their groups on a Sunday. Like, oh, I'm doing this group. You should come to mine. They had these tables as you walk through the church, and see what they were. And so we were walking in a church, and the table on our left. I don't know why I remember that, but the table on the left was marriage and family, and Robin Hill. Who we didn't like, know. Hey, who we didn't know from anyone. Hey, y'all come over. Y'all should come to our group. <laughs> and, you know, it was also new. We was like, okay, wow, she really wants us. We're going to come. And she only, they only live 10 minutes from us, which right. is also nice. So from that, that's how we started going to that small group. So it worked, actually. I guess their whole, <laughs> it did. Their whole strategy worked. So And then that small group ended. It was a marriage group. But we didn't know anybody in there. I think there were like 10 other couples. And yeah. we didn't know. I mean, even though this is not a huge town up here. We didn't know anybody in there. And it was a little awkward the first time, but it was like you get you get to know people. The curriculum was amazing. Yeah. It was about the love path, you know, stay on your path. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Yeah. But anyways, all that just kind of springboarded us into getting involved with small groups, which turned into a passion for both of us that we didn't really know that we had. Just having people in your home, being a part of people, you know, helping them take their next steps and... We just really just never look back. Yeah, it's really, I mean, for me, I think it's the connecting, and I'm a very natural connector. Yeah, that's your strength. I like to be connected. I like to connect other people, and they provide a platform yeah. and a structure mm-hmm. that makes it easy for someone like me who likes that to step in and do that. Yeah. And I mean, and I grow from it, too, you know, and enjoy it, too. So it was very natural for me, and I think you... I think it surprised you how much you enjoyed it. Well, it was just, it was like, it was like healthy. Um, It was challenging and it was getting me out of my comfort zone and I was meeting new people. And I remember I didn't even know these people for two or three months. We came in one day and they said, we decided to give you a baby shower. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just was blown away by it. And it wasn't just like, Baby wipes. They gave us some good stuff. For, for <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, and I remember just being so. It's like whatever's going on at this church is good. This is a good thing. And there was a guy and his wife that live in our area that I was in a cell group with on Sunday nights. That when I changed churches, I obviously wasn't going to be doing that anymore. But I thought I need to tell him. You know, he could come to one. Of these. You don't have to go to. You don't have to go to Highlands to go to a small group. And I was so excited to tell him how good the group was. And I texted him. I said, you could come. Y'all could come. And he just sent me back the most hateful text. Like, uh, I'm not going to be going outside of my own church community. I'm going to be involved in my church and my community. So I was like, okay, then I just uh, thought I'd put it out there. You know, but I was being <laughs> sincere. I mean, but people get mad at you when you start doing something else. And I hope I'm never like that to people. When you say do something else, I think. People are tracking. uh, No, when I stopped going to the other church to go to this church, then it was like everybody got mad at me. 
And it was so silly. It was such a silly madness. It wasn't like I did anything wrong. All 30 people got mad at you. There were like 100 people that went there. Well, not everybody was mad at you, I don't think. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I don't know anybody that was happy with me. (laughs) Okay, well. Well, I take that back. There was one family that broke ship and came with us too later, but I won't say their names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um I don't know. It was just it was an awkward time because Kairos was still in that building. Then there was all this animosity and all this stuff going on and it was uh it just kept getting weirder and weirder. Mm-hmm. But it also was just letting me know I made the right choice. I was hearing from Jesus. Yeah. And we're just gonna keep going. Mm-hmm. But that first uh that first year at Hounds was a good foundation for us uh, spiritually, for our family and connected us in our community and really made this area home for for, sure. for me like I've never had before. Yeah. Because this is my town. This is my city. This is my, you know, it's still my church. Yeah. Um, and it is a big church. There's, you know, 20-something campuses. I only count the Fultonville campus as my church. Right. Um, people there. But while we're on that, I think the funniest thing maybe to talk about is after we finished that first semester, we got asked to be the leaders of a small group with another couple with Jim and Robin Hill. And that was when we met Lynn and Debbie Hurst. You remember that? Yes. And so that small group was at their house. It was a married small group. And like they would lead one week, the Hurst would lead one week, and then we would lead one week. And I remember us sitting up there, it was something on personality types, which we both were fascinated with. Uh And we were, People were, there was like 50 people in that one. They were looking at us like we were the experts or whatever. And they were like, let's go around and do how long y'all been married. <laughs> and this is before we do what we do today with the like profile thing. So, yeah, but we were still interested in it. No, but I knew that from the beginning that I mean, when they asked us to leave and I looked around the room because it was this group of couples that all came to like the same small groups. Yeah. And I literally was like, there is not one couple in here that has been married less than 17 years besides us. Well, they went around that that time. It was like the third or fourth one. Yeah. But we're the leaders of the group, and they're like, how long have you been married? 30 years, 20 years, 15, 10. 17. And then when they got to us, we're like, uh, yeah, we're working on nine months. <laughs> <laughs> working on month 10, baby. <laughs> but it was, it was kind of weird. Like, how did we get here? It felt very... <laughs> And it felt uncomfortable to me. I mean, not in yeah. a way that like it was just you know it was very ugh, obvious. But I felt like we were qualified to talk about what we were talking about for sure. Yeah. But we didn't have enough under us really to be qualified to be leading marriages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there we were. Oh yeah. And the people we met during that small group, many of them were. Our some of our closest friends yeah. now. I mean, Lynn and Debbie, they sponsors the Straight Out of Prison podcast, this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, but that's where we met them. And then um, another fun thing that happened during that time, the last one of those small groups, they did an amazing race thing through the Galleria. Yeah. And you were So about- it was the end of the small group. They did kind of a grand finale. Yeah. Where you had to find things, right? In the mall. In the mall, in this huge mall that's in Birmingham. The Galleria. And I was so pregnant. <laughs> And they're having us walking around everywhere. I didn't know if I was even going to make it because it was yeah, it was it was a lot before yeah. But they gave everybody a red shirt with their team name on it for that game, yeah. And ours was Team Jones, yeah. And to this day, that's where we got the name Team Jones from. Yeah, because it just kind of stuck. Because <laughs> I kept the T-shirt. I don't know if you did. Yes, I still have the T-shirt. 
I actually have a picture. You can probably put it up with this. I have a picture you can probably put up with this podcast of me yeah. in that shirt sitting on our front porch, super pregnant. <laughs> like I was a selfie I took. You with, were yeah. <laughs> y- you were barely walking around. It's fun though, but that that was the beginning of our name that we use today. It's kind of neat. It is neat. It's very yeah. neat. I thought that was cool. So, but. Getting back to the pregnancy thing, your both of your sister, your sister and your sister in law, their babies always came two week or, two weeks early. So Lula May's actual due date was on our anniversary, April twenty yeah. seventh. Was it our due date or April twenty eighth? The due date was on our anniversary. Okay, April because I remember thinking I don't want her to be born on our anniversary. Mm-hmm. That's going to mess up everything. It was April twenty seventh, two thousand fourteen, which was our one year anniversary. And you were convinced that because Abby, your sister. I came offers were two weeks early that you were going to be two weeks early. And then I think you said that Val was two weeks early. I don't know. I, I don't remember. Yeah. But you were convinced that Lou was going to be born in the middle of April. And I kept telling you, let's let the doctor tell us. And we went to an appointment about two weeks out and you packed your suitcase. You remember that? Yeah. It's still annoying to me, though, that you try to tell me what to think and do about that. What do you mean? <laughs> You're like, let the doctor that you like make fun of me. Because like, I don't know. I just feel like you as a man have no idea how it feels no, to be walking around with a seven, eight pound baby in your stomach. It, I don't. <laughs> but I also want to be safe and I want my wife to be safe and I want my kid to be safe. And you you had Abby trying to tell you to get Layla the neighborhood or the, the North Jefferson baby She's guru. She's a nurse. Okay. Well, you asked me if it was okay if she came over and stripped your membrane. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what? And she was like, it's your membrane. And if she strips your mem- membrane, you give birth. And I was like, no, uh-uh. We're not stripping membranes. I did. I was ready to do whatever no. it took. I mean, to we can ask baby. the doctor. If the doctor wants to strip the membrane, we'll strip the membrane. But no, that's why I was like that. <laughs> Because y'all are taking matters into your own hands, and y'all going to be stripping membranes. And I'm, I don't even know what that means, yeah. but I'm sure it doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound like anything you need to be doing in the living room. That's oh, something you need to be doing at the hospital. But when we got to the doctor, I did feel sorry. You were so disappointed because he was like, not yet. You know, I'm still shooting for the due date. Yeah. But uh, I was writing in my journal one morning, and May 1st is May Day. And I felt like I heard that May 1st was going to be Lula May Day. And you obviously heard right. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Um, I told you that. You still didn't want that to happen. No. You were ready to get over with. But, yes. And then on our actual anniversary, one year from <laughs> being married. That's what a one year anniversary is. Do you yeah. remember what we did? <laughs> Oh, yeah, we recorded for those Carnival Eats. That wasn't on our anniversary. Oh, well, we went out to dinner somewhere. We went to Jack Xander's in Hoover. Yeah. And your feet were hurting. So bad. And we, I was like, I didn't buy you anything for your anniversary. And you are like, I didn't buy you nothing either. And we were so tired and so everything was going on. Is that you got on Amazon and I got on Amazon. You ordered me a pair of Sanooks and I ordered you a pair of Sanooks. <laughs> Which is a pair, a brand of shoes that's super comfortable if you don't know. Well, they, the... The bottoms of them were made out of recycled yoga mats. They were kind of in at the time. I don't know if they are now, but they had some cute styles and stuff. So They were comfortable. They felt like you were walking on air. Yeah. But that was our uh, anniversary. I was like, wow, look how far we've gone down in a year. (laughs) (laughs) A year ago, we were doing all kind of fun stuff and traveling, and now we're just ordering some nooks for each other. Now we're not. (laughs) But then we, right after that, we got a call, or right around that time, 
we got a call that they wanted to film us for a Food Network. The show. call actually was a month or so prior. It wasn't that far. It was pretty. F- I had to put something together pretty fast. So anyway, though, that the recording was happening. What was it the next day, the twenty eighth or the thirtieth or something? Yeah, it was right after our anniversary. So it was huge, and it was at the Magnolia Festival, which is like hot. an outdoor carnival here in Gardendale that they have every year. It was very hot. It was hot, and we had our black Kairos t-shirts on and i had to tell the guy if my wife goes into labor now i'm out so don't it really was kind of like a touch and wait like <laughs> let's see if i go into labor or don't and so when we're they had all the camera crew and everything recording he was like oh i want you to be in the shot do this thing i was like but i don't cook like i don't even know how to make this like it's not it's like oh, i just like the couple dynamic whatever and I was like, oh, of all times to get on like a national TV show when I'm <laughs> nine months pregnant about to pop. <laughs> you were beautiful. Oh, it was funny though. You but yeah, that was fun though. But we did it. And um, I never knew when you were doing cooking videos like that, that they film everything three times. Mm-hmm. So I had to bring everything times three. Yeah. Which was uh, which was a lot, but it was neat to be on a national, you know, cooking thing like that. Right. It's pretty cool. I don't know. I just remember being hot, sweaty, and worried that we weren't going to... Like, you could literally go into labor any moment. And also, our what I remember from the recording, too, is that when he was interviewing us or, like, talking while you're we cooking... Yeah. And they told us this, but it still felt weird. Like, he literally was standing almost cheek to cheek to us. <laughs> and when you, like, turn to talk... I don't know if you watch those TV shows, you know, shows cooking like shows. this. But... I mean, you're like nose to nose when you're talking, and it does feel very awkward. It, <laughs> it doesn't was. look like it on TV, but in person, I guess they have to do that for, you know, whatever, the angles, but it's just funny. <laughs> it was surprised me how many people they have that film all this stuff. Yeah. Because there were like 30 people yeah. running around with cameras, and then it was a lot. Yeah. But it was fun. I'm glad we did it. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got through that. You didn't pop, but then you had a doctor's appointment on May the 1st. Yep. I felt like I knew that was the day, but I didn't know. Yeah. It was like, you feel like you know, but you don't know, but you were ready. You were like, I'm going, I ain't coming back. I was ready two weeks prior. <laughs> I was certainly ready then. So you were like, I'm not coming home. I'm not coming home this time. <laughs> so when we got in there, he told you that you weren't ready again. He still said, it still said. Well, he said your blood pressure's a little high, which tells me maybe we're getting there. Yeah. But... I can't remember. Oh, he was going to send me to the hospital for a couple more tests just in case. Yeah. But it was like, it was kind of a letdown. Like, okay, well, we're still writing and we're four days past the due date by Mm -hmm. this time. But they sent you over to the hospital to get some kind of test done because they said your blood pressure was a little high. And as I was helping you get on your bed, your water broke. Yeah. (laughs) So that was cool. That was very cool. But I think we went a little too far to get into that on this one. So we'll just start the next episode. We'll talk about birthday. Ooh, the birthday. <laughs> Ooh, my day. <laughs> my baby coming. Abby said I looked like it was a, or no, my mom said I was looked like I was in a scene from The Exorcist. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, <sighs> it was a lot. <laughs> and just for the record, anybody out there that hadn't had a baby yet, do the drugs. That's Go ahead. Be a fun this is 2020, do the drugs. Oh, 2022. <laughs> We went the first five hours without and the next five hours with, and it made quite the difference (laughs) for mom and dad. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, this is fun. We'll uh, pick up on this next week, and we'll see you next time. All right. See you next time. Have fun. Bye.
Hey guys, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Written and produced by the Team Jones Company. Connect with us on social media, YouTube, all the things. Too many things to mention here, but I put them in the show notes. You can If you like what you've heard, please go over to our all of our social platforms. Like, subscribe, let us know what you thought. Also, the YouTube channel, please subscribe so you can know when new videos and new recipes come out. Look that up and and see how you want to connect. You'll get the latest of what's going on and how you can plug in with Team Jones. If you head over to the show notes, it'll just say, for more from James and Haley, I put links to everything we do in there. You can check out our YouTube channel, check out our other podcasts, check out our Instagram, Facebook, coaching, cooking, all the things. Also, please support our sponsors. They help us provide this platform for free, and we can personally attest to their integrity, the service, and the work that they do. Other ways you can support us is by giving a rating and review to the podcast. Like it, share it, send it to a friend, send it to a family member, somebody, send it to your people, somebody that may get something out of it. Thank you guys for being a part of our story. Thank you guys for your support. And again, thank you for being a part of our story. See you soon, guys. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Written and produced by the Team Jones Company. Yours truly, James and Haley Jones. If you're interested in advertising with us, head over to teamjones.co and click the Join Forces button. We've redesigned our media kit with some exciting new details. If you'd like more information about being a sponsor, email me, Haley, Haley at teamjones.co. It's not .com. The best way to support us is by telling your friends and family about the podcast. Other ways to support us is by liking and sharing the podcast and giving us a review. Well, as long as you think we did good. (laughs) Or you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all your support, all your encouragement, and thank you for being a part of our story. All right, guys, y'all show some love to the sponsors of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. Our friend Keely Brown runs her family-owned HVAC Home and Commercial Services. Is your system ready for the summer? Schedule a system checkup or reprogram your thermostat. They offer residential and commercial, at home or at work. They really do what they say, and they say what they do. Our family serving your family has been their core value since day one. Their founder and owner, Mr. Robert Holland, made sure the foundation of Home and Commercial Services was and is integrity. Now, remember, Haley, we, we catered an event last December where he was a part of the group that we were feeding. But it was interesting to learn that when he was a young man, when he first started in the HVAC business, Mr. Holland actually got in trouble with, for not adding new parts that the people didn't need. And they were like, why didn't you sell the parts? And he was like, because I could fix them. And they were like, no, no, you're, you're, you're doing it wrong. Like, you just got to put new parts. And he was like, but they didn't need new parts. And it bugged him so much that he went out and started his own business. And that's the foundation of home and commercial services. And we can attest to that personally. I mean, they've done so much stuff for us. It's crazy. I love that story. And I think it speaks to, obviously, his integrity and what he's built his business on that integrity. Right now, the most economical service they offer is their annual residential service agreement. For $150, you'll get two annual checkups, and that's for one system. If 
If it's an additional system, it's 25% off. Anyways, the annual contract includes priority service, normal rates for after-hour service, 10% discount on any repairs, and a 5% discount on any new installations. It's a good deal, especially with the heat of the summer coming. Home and Commercial Services works on all name brands of heating and air conditioning units, gas furnaces, heat pumps, walk-in coolers, and smart thermostats. No job is too big or too small. Call or text Keely at 205-798-0635. Or you can email at office at hollandhcs.com. You can look up Holland Home and Commercial Services on Instagram for daily tips and more. Or you can check out their website, hollandhcs.com. We have some amazing friends and supporters of the podcast, Lynn and Debbie Hurst, who own Hurst Towing and Recovery in Fultondale and Hayden, Alabama. They serve the Jefferson, Blunt, and surrounding counties. They tow light and heavy-duty vehicles, and they're always there to help. We wouldn't call anybody else. We would never call anybody else, and that's a fact. Would you like to work for an amazing company that treats their employees like family? The Hearst are hiring. Full and part-time positions. Give them a call today. Hearst Towing is there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They've been in our area since January of 1987. They have a heart to serve and they love making an impact in the communities they grew up in. The Hearst definitely make a difference in our world. And they have definitely made a difference in our lives. Dispatchers are always ready to receive calls at 205-631-8697. That is 205-631-TOES. T-O-W-S. <laughs> you, get, you get me every time I, with the toes. <laughs> <laughs> or check out their website at hearsttowing.com. Now, y'all know James from the podcast, but he also is an amazing cook and private chef. I can attest to that personally. I've had many years of experience in food, just working in, managing, and even owning a couple restaurants. One of his greatest passions is preparing delicious food. You know, if somebody's going through something or through a hard time and you don't know what to do, you can always cook for them. Head over to chefjameskjones.com to join our email list. Once you do that, you can stay updated on everything that we're doing. 